Hey, uh, welcome to the fourth episode of Incoherent Understanding. Um, I am still Rowan Thambar. Um, with me today on today's episode is Mr. Sam Callahan. Is that how I say your last name? That's how you say it. Callahan. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Rowan. Yeah, no worries. Have you listened to the podcast before? I've heard a bit. Uh, I haven't listened to all of them. That's alright, not a lot of people have, so that's fine. <laughs> Um, also joining us, sneakily, and I didn't realise, is <laughs> Sam's little brother, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm good, thanks. That's good. This interview isn't about you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're just going to be here in the background and provide positive support, and, and we might need to refer to you sometimes when we talk about stuff. So, Sam... Yeah. Tell us a bit about yourself. Like, how old are you? Um, what do you study? What do you do? I'm 21, halfway through next month. Uh, I'm studying mechanical engineering and computer science yep. at UNSW. Um, it's my third year of being in residential college, new college. And, yeah, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm about to go on exchange as well. That's right, you yeah. are. I'm about to go on so, exchange too. That's right. We're both going. We're both going to Canada. <laughs> going to live it up. Yeah. Well, you're going to Montreal. Yeah. So that's how. That's a few hours away from. It's a couple of hours. Like I think, like northwest. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that'd be about it. And from also, Toronto. where I'm going, people speak French. People speak French, but it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turn off your phone, mate. <laughs> That's a weird ringtone to have. It's not a, it's an alarm, see, that's the, hence the rooster. Oh. The real saying? question is why I've got to wake up alarm at, like, 11.30. That's true. Class at 9. Who knows? Um, oh, what was I saying before that? Rude croak. <laughs> Sorry, there's, we were talking about French people. We were talking, yeah, okay, yeah, French people, apparently, they don't really consider, um, Canadian French like French. Mm, yeah, so what I've heard is that it's like it's almost like the French version of old English. Like when we read Shakespeare right and stuff. Whoa. That's like the equivalent of how the French Canadians speak French. Wow. That I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've mm. heard. Yeah. If that's not the case, feel free to comment below and tell yeah. us otherwise. <laughs> um <laughs> um Always trying to push that interactivity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag swags Hash- a liar. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, actually, you know, you bring it up. So I've known you the last couple of years as swag. That's right. The swag meister, bane of society. That's your fresher name. That was uh, that's your college name. Yeah. Um. All right. This is a question I've asked kind of everyone. When was the first time you remember meeting me? Oh, you, Larry. Do you remember meeting me or is it just... Because, like, I feel like it's just one of those things where it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I just know them. Because you, in first year, you lived across the courtyard from me. That's right. Yeah. And um, you're a bit of a wild guy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Well, you, you, were in the, you were in the dog box, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I had a window out onto the courtyard and a lot of people passed by and said hi. I don't specifically remember you as one of the people saying hi. I remember, I think... <laughs> I never said hi to you. <laughs> Not to say that you snubbed me every time you walked past, but <laughs> I think the first conversation I remember having with you yeah. was about the fact that you, as a commerce student, 
had four-day weekends <laughs> and you would go home <laughs> on, like, a Thursday evening and wouldn't be seen again until, like, Tuesday yeah. the following week. That sounds sounds pretty right. I think that's the first conversation I remember. Really? Yeah. I did tell a lot of people because I was very pleased, <laughs> very pleased with yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and me being an engineering student <laughs> with a very full five days yeah. a week. Yeah, I you was... were quite just... I. <laughs> I don't know. If, no, I don't know if I remember that. I remember you always bringing it up. Like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I mean, you even last year when I still had the timetable, <laughs> you would always bring that's it not, up. Yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, what I remember about you, I will see. I remember chatting to you in your room. Really? Yeah, which is odd. In the dog. Bo- in the dog box, like leaning into your window and saying hi. Not frequently, but I just remember there was one time where I did that when I came. Okay. Oh, and, well, I, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. And you. I kind of remember, I don't know, just meeting you at various times during our week. I don't know, probably on the Sunday banner painting. Maybe I think I met you there. Maybe. Yeah. See, the thing about me is that I've got an awful memory. So anything <laughs> that's not like hugely Huge. significant, we're talking like on a right. massive scale, is very likely to slip my mind. So unless you'd come up in O week and like. And like punched me. you in the face, <laughs> just, just like decked me. <laughs> be like, would have been Larry. Larry yeah. decked me in that week. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. So um, we have one of your family members right here. Hey Matt, how you doing? He's just on his phone. Yeah, as every teenage boy should. <laughs> Not be on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us about your family, Sam. Um, where'd you grow up? Because um, I know it's a bit, it's yeah. a bit challenging. But um, um, where'd you grow up? Who's in your family? Yeah, I'm oldest of four kids. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, king of the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you must get your natural leadership. From. That's it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got a younger sister. Sorry, about... that was kind of. <laughs> anyway, I was joking. I was like, it was like a compliment, kind of weird. That was, I took it as a compliment. Oh, good. I've got a sister who's a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's nannying at the moment. Where? Is, um, in Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. You? Yeah. Um, Shout out to Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle, which is where the rest of my family is currently. You! You, you, you! <laughs> Newcastle, yeah. And that's actually where I started school. Okay. Nice little segue there. But it wasn't where I was born. I was born in a tiny little country town, cotton picking. Um, wow. Yeah, up north west of New South Wales called Moree, where they also have hot springs, which is nice. Wow. Um, they like bubble up from the earth, but they've wired them into like the town pool. So you go to like, like if you're going to the pool at Newcastle or whatever, but when you go to the pool in Moree, it's like, I don't know, 40 degrees. <laughs> whatever, wow. Whatever the temperature is. Of that would suck in summer. Springs. Yeah, I don't think people would go there heaps in summer. But I think, like, there's some people who like it for religious reasons or something. Uh-huh. Like, they have this idea that it's got healing properties. Okay. But that's not why my parents... My parents were there because they were primary school teachers. Okay. And so, in the old days, I don't think the system works this way anymore, but you got lots of points for going to... A, like, yeah. for being out in the sticks and being a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so, after a few years there, they had enough points to get a transfer to Newcastle. Right. And that's where, so that's where I started school. And then mm-hmm. after a while, um, dad got sick of teaching and he was like, I'm going to 
take the family back to where I grew up, which is Tamworth. And so we moved out to Tamworth and <laughs> we, I think we decided to buy a house and while the sale was going to be completed, we'd live out on a farm for just for like a couple of weeks until that was finalised and then we'd move into town. But the sale fell through. Uh, oh. So we ended up living out of town, half an hour out of Tamworth, near a little town called Somerton, um, on a wheat and sheep farm. Shout out to anyone listening from Somerton. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, you know, this podcast just goes everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty much global. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> um, so we were on, yeah, so on the farm for two years, which is cool. And I think that when we moved out there... So all of my all of my living memory, up until that point, had been in Newcastle in the city, sure. and I had like an uncle who has a bean farm out near Taree, wow. um, and so I'd been I'd been to farms and stuff growing up, and I always thought, yeah, I'd love to move out to the country, um, mm, wow. one day. And so so moving out to Tamworth was like a dream come true, and um, and I think it was a time too where Dad was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make sure that my kids experience. Um, while we're in the country, the stuff that I loved about being in the country. So we got motorbikes and yeah. and stuff, and learnt to ride, and had bonfires quite regularly, mm-hmm. but not in summertime because that's dangerous. And we, I don't know, we raised some lambs, killed some snakes, wow. <laughs> um, some lambs, that's killed some lambs <laughs> after racing. How was that? Thanks, Matt. <laughs> The first thing he says in the interview is, killed some lambs. Um, so, Excellent. Matt, you're number three. Are you number three of the Callahan crew? Yes. Okay. And you have a younger... Yeah, so there's one more after Matthew, who's like a year. So Matthew's five years younger than me. He's okay. 16 this year. Ooh. And Ben's another year and a half younger okay. than Matthew. Right. Yeah, so he'll be 15 pretty soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Were we? <laughs> well, were we? Yes, back yeah, you were, sorry, you were talking yeah. about... Um, well, that was pretty much all I was going to yeah. say of the farm. Yes. Yeah. After two years, we moved <laughs> again for teaching reasons. Mum got a job in Tari, and so we ended up ended up in Tari. Wow. Um, and that's where I did all of... I finished off primary school and did all, all my high school. And, mm. um, and that's still like a... Smallish country town, not as small as Somerton, but yeah, um, very nice geographic valley, mm. you know, the Manning Valley. Yeah. So it's like it's pretty safe to say that you kind of grew up kind of outdoors a lot. Like you're a very yeah. outdoory kind of man. Yeah, I guess so. Outdoors man. Like it's funny though because I've never been hugely into sport, okay. which is, <laughs> and like most people who know me will verify. <laughs> I think I think yeah. I, I, well, I think there's a difference between like love, like loving being active. Mm. I mean, sports just like a manifestation of that. Like you just like getting mm, out, and running yeah. around. I mean, like there are. I mean, you, lot, you meet a lot of people who are like the adventurous types who just love, mm. like you know, roaming a valley. Yeah, you know, just yeah. I think, my, I think you're that yeah, kind of guy. My style. You're, yeah. you're you'd like you'd roam a valley. <laughs> I would roam a valley. I have roamed a valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um... So I'm going to chuck this over to Matt now, because Matt's here. What's what's the funniest memory you have of Sam from growing up? Like, what is the, like, funniest thing that you can, like... Make him pick one. Mm. <laughs> Funny. I don't know 
if it's something funny on, like, in sand, at sand's expense. Okay. Those are probably the funniest things. We were building a cupboard in the hallway one time, and Sam decided there were two, two bits of wood in the cupboard, and Sam decided he'd try and get his head in there, and Sam got, he, he did, he got it in, and he was very happy with himself, and then he couldn't get his head back out again, because his ears were too big, <laughs> and so we filmed it. Really? <laughs> yes. That'll be up on my uh, blog <laughs> at some point. You have to do some digging for that. Yeah, it, was, it was on the handy cam. No, actually though, speaking of things that I want to put on my blog, I want to put a picture of this because this is hilarious. This is so. Last year, I think I came into Sam's room and I was coming to see him about something, and um, I saw this photo of Sam and his little sister with um, what looked to just be like a regular old white dude. And um, I was just like, oh, look, it's like, it's like he's probably his grandfather or something like that. <laughs> then I look at it closely, and it's um, Dr. Harry Dr. from um, Better Homes and Gardens, <laughs> the dude who like, looks after animals and stuff. And I was like, what? And, I, and he, was like, he was like, yeah, he's my grandfather. And I was like, what? No way. No way. <laughs> that's, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And then he was like, nah, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> He's not easy. No, he's not my grandfather. Explain this photo. Um, so, growing up, I've always loved animals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, which adds to your whole valley, yeah. valley search and kind of And explains thing. why I'm a mechanical engineer, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not a veterinarian. Um, <laughs> always loved animals. And, and back in... The, so, you know, you know Dr. Harry from Better Homes and Gardens, mm. but my first acquaintance with him was um, a show called Harry's Practice. Um, right, and and that was just like I think he might have run a vet clinic, and every like the whole show was just about people bringing in their animals, and and Doctor Harry made it all better every time. He was great, <laughs> um, so he was like a hero of mine. And then one time, that photo is actually taken in Newcastle. Um, right. Yeah, he came to visit, um, and I drew him a picture. I can't remember what of. It was probably a dog. Safe <laughs> <laughs> <Like> bet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I took him, yeah, I took him this picture, and I remember I had to wait in line for, like, me and Gemma, that's right, because we were both little, waiting in line for probably, like, two hours, which is a long time for kids who are, I don't know, we are probably, like, seven or something, mm. um, and we finally got to the front of the line, we got to sit on his lap and have a photo with him, yeah, that's very <laughs> exciting. I still, we drive past the park today, and every time I go, oh, like, really? when I'm back home, we drive past the park. Which park is it? It's, like, uh, just past... Like Mount Hutton kind of area. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know that area. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a pretty... In the CBD. In the, in the, <laughs> whatever, if you want to call it a CBD. <laughs> um, yeah, sick. So, in summary of kind of getting to know you generally, mm. what, what, what are five words you would describe... Like, if you could describe yourself in five words. So, it doesn't have to be coher like a coherent, coherent sentence. sentence. But it good. could just be like... Just I don't five do words. coherent sentences. Well, good, because this is incoherent <laughs> understanding. So, you know. Nice. I've plugged this way too much. <laughs> Love it. Uh, five words. Yeah. Um, five words. Yeah, go. Um, yeah, outdoor. Let's stick with that one. Yeah. Um, Christian, I think, is probably a significant one. Yeah. Um, family. Uh -huh. This is probably like all things that matter to me, really. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Nice. Creative. Yeah. Like, I like creating things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I need a fifth one. And gee, yeah. Um, <laughs> can I leave it for? <laughs> well, so you said what, what were they? Outdoors. Outdoors. Christian, Christian, yeah. Family, family, creative, creative, yeah. One more, one more. I need one more. Music, let's. Music is that a cop okay. out? Okay. Kind, it kind of falls under creative. Yeah, it does. I'm maybe I'm just a simple person. Simple. Right? Okay. <laughs> simple. All right. Well, we've talked. Okay, so like we've talked about you being. We've talked about your family a little bit. We've mm. talked about you being outdoors a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about. The other two things that you've been talking, you kind of define yourself as Christian yeah. and um, um, and creative. creative. So mm. let's tackle Christian first. So, mm. um, how long have you been a Christian for? Um, good question. Because I think probably m- most of my life, as I recall, like just I guess mum and dad, they had a way of making their faith something that was just very much part of our normal lives. So, yeah. you know, like, I can't remember a time that we wouldn't have, like, just pray together as a family after dinner. And, yeah. you know, if, if something was, was going on in the family, like, I don't know if... if um, yeah, I don't know if, if there was some something hard that we had to work through as a family, like aunt and uncle broke up or something like that, then that would be a time where we'd talk through that and we'd pray about it together, pray for the people affected and stuff like that. Um, And so I think I kind of... I was pretty early age where I was probably having a chat with mum or dad and um, and I don't know if I asked them, you know, am I a Christian? And and then mum or dad would have explained to me, well, it's, you know, it's it's up to you and it's, um, yeah, if you want, if you want to (laughs) be friends with Jesus, then, then you can invite him to live in your heart and, and you can you can make that decision to live for him if uh, if you want to do that and and as a kid that was a pretty <laughs> I had a pretty simplistic understanding of things and yeah. I was like yeah friends I like friends friends with Jesus I'll do that mm. sure <laughs> yeah. um, so that would have been like technically the start of of just growing up just knowing that God was always there for me but I think like as you get older there's always there's several times throughout your life where you kind of have to take stock and actually think, like, because there'll be, I don't know, there's a lot of, there's a big difference between the way that we talk about living when we're in church and we talk about living for Jesus or living um, in relationship with God and the way that people who don't have a relationship with God talk about living life. And I think the most significant times in life come when you have to sit down and think, you know, what what path am I on here? Like, it does is my life, if, if I want um, to be living in a relationship with Jesus, is my life actually lining up um, with, with the stuff that I say I believe in? Um, yeah, so probably, like, again, when I was 10 or 11, just having to sit down and, and actually have a careful think about that um, and just just realising like a lot of the way that I would interact with my mates at school and stuff was not, like there's no way I would be that crude, 
Um, no way I would talk that kind of way in front of my parents. Um, and certainly not like a big, a big challenge for me was always like considering the fact that since God is omnipresent, you know, he's always there. So even, even though my behavior would be different in front of my friends to when I'd be in front of my parents, God was there in both situations and, and I needed to, yeah, I think at that point I kind of got this understanding that I needed to, to set things set things straight in the end because it was his it's God's opinion that matters ultimately that's yeah. that's what matters the most um, and I guess there was also a sense that I needed to have some integrity there like I wanted to be I wanted to be I think something my dad always talked about was being able to be the same person in every situation so that you didn't like mould the way that you expressed your beliefs you know depending on who you, who, were, you were, who you were with and, yeah. and what you thought they might think of you. Um, yeah, so mm. yeah, so at that point it was kind of like if I'm going to be someone who has integrity, then I need to, I need to think, you know, is the way I'm, I, I am when I'm with my friends, if that's not the same as the way I am when I'm with my parents or when the way I am when I'm at church, why is that? And, mm. and should, should there be a difference? And, and I guess in the end, the decision I came to was, no, there shouldn't be a difference. And so I needed to change one of those. And, and I think, <laughs> I hope that I, I, um, yeah, I chose to, to become, really pull back in that kind of, yeah, be less crude and, and definitely mm. like not swearing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, that's really yeah. cool. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. The question I guess I have is, so like, so you were talking about um, when you were 10, 11, you would kind of sit back and you kind of took stock of things. Mm. Like, is that when you kind of, um, like, because I know something that I I worry about is like whether my parents' faith, like, is that mm. what I just yeah. kind of grow up with? And I think, and like, is that just something that I've just picked up? And like, but for me, there was a point where I kind of was like, well... I have to kind of take ownership yeah, of this because yeah, this is this is like yeah. now I'm having a relation like I'm in a relationship with God, not my parents, not That's you know it. anyone else. And so, did did you ever have that point, or do you constantly have that? I know I do. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's why I like I hesitate from. I feel like I've heard a lot of testimonies where um, there has been like a distinct point, and it was like, yeah, on this day that's when my life kind of changed, changed and that's when I started living for God. But for me, I think it has been just an ongoing series of moments where, you know, I keep on taking stock um, and just stopping. Mm. And and that's definitely been, like, the sense of, of needing to own my faith has been um, a very core part of that whole process. Yeah. Um, even to the point, like, just <laughs> having some hilarious encounters in high school like I can remember being in this one art class um, <laughs> with uh, with this girl who just like she heard that I was a Christian and and she just she just blatantly told me to my face you're only a Christian because your parents are Christians and I said oh well well no no not actually I've thought about it for a while no 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 that's that's it you are like yeah <laughs> she was just kind of yeah. like telling me <laughs> yeah you know the the fact of the situation mm. that she she knew somehow was the 
unequivocal truth. Yeah. <laughs> to know how she arrived at that place. But it, yeah, it's interesting. It's always, yeah, it's interesting that other people can have such strong opinions um, about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and that's always, yeah, that's always been just a little bit more, like you come away from an experience like that and you, and it does, it makes you think down, it, it makes you stop and think, you know, does she have a point? You know, is it, do I, do I really own this? And that's, and by that point, it was like probably, you know, the 15th time I'd, I'd sat down and really carefully considered that and I was able to just come away from that thinking, yeah, no, I do, I do own it, you know. Mm. And, and at that, at, and I think, yeah, I think school is, school is for Christians growing up, it's such a great place to really be tested in that because if you don't own your faith, just completely separate to what your parents do then that's then that's where there's going to be a huge division between the person that you are at home and the person that you are at school because yeah. it's such a different environment like you're surrounded by complete if, yeah well at least for me you know coming from quite a, I guess you'd say sheltered Christian home like we talked about you know hard stuff when it came up but like obviously I wasn't exposed to, to drugs or a lot of you know, mm. sexually explicit mm. content on TV or, mm-hmm. or even through music or anything like that. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I had that time of being sheltered. But then coming out into school, you yeah. know, you do, you do have all this stuff just around you. And if you don't own your faith, then there's every chance that, you know, you get, you just become part of that world. Yeah. Um, whereas if you do own your faith, then I think you can tell because because you just keep your distance from it, mm. I guess, the same as you would if you're at home. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. It's really cool. I, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, like, 100%. Um, I think, I, I think you should, it's funny you mentioned school because I felt, I think, it, I think it was harder to do that, I think it was harder for me to do that here at college than it was. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, it's still kind of, yeah, yeah, still something I struggle with. Like, it's not... Yeah. Oh, it's so it's, it's it's, ongoing. Yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know. Like, and I think, I don't know, that's just the way it is. I don't know. Like, I, all, all the way, like I, like, I don't think it'll ever stop. That's Well, that's living living as a part of this world, you know, and in, in mm. terms of, you know, we've got, as Christians, we have a, a bunch of mindsets that don't really fit in with the norm that's yeah. right that's right yeah. interesting stuff <laughs> um so let's move on to the next the your, your thing that you call the creative part i want to talk mm. about that because you are a very creative person um we had we had a you're currently directing a, a production here at college that's right the yeah. lucky stiff <laughs> just lucky stiff actually. oh no. is it the oh, it's just yeah, lucky stiff just lucky okay stiff. um and what are the dates of that <laughs> they have a Sixth, no, seventh, no, eighth, and ninth of May. Of May, coincidentally, my shows are on, <laughs> my shows are on the sixth and eighth of May. <laughs> so make a decision, Sydney. Make a decision. Make the right decision. <laughs> which has come room. to both. That's, yeah, yeah that's which has right come to both. <laughs> that's right. Um. But yeah, and I had the pleasure of directing you last year in review right. and casting you in the role of Greg, which was so much fun. Um, 
Yeah, to, let's like so creatively like, but you're but you're a mechanical engineer. Yeah. And there's not whole. I mean, like creatively, is there a lot of creativity between mechanical engineering and you know? Because you're you I mean you do you're an actor I would say of sorts. You like you know clearly a director now, and yeah. like I mean you you play guitar, you play piano. I'm looking at one right now. Um, so, I mean, like, just tell me, like, like, how do you reconcile both of those things? Yeah, with engineering. I mean, definitely, I don't think <laughs> most of the engineers that I do class with are what I'd describe as the artsy kind of... Not that I'd really no. describe myself as artsy, but... <laughs> you say that with, like, an increased... No, it's not <laughs> Increased <Bogan laughs> accent? Uh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> all that artsy, eh? Nah. Me over here is like, oh, I've got the comedy show. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. No, so I've done like two two years of mechanical engineering now, and there's not a whole lot of creative. Like the gross majority of that has been maths and physics. Yeah. Um, but. For me, as a kid, um, you know, you always think of, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? That's the classic. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get and what, and what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did I, you want to be a mechanical engineer? Oh, I went through so many phases. I wanted to be a digger driver. I wanted to be... Really? Yeah. What, the, what is that even? I don't even know. D- they drive diggers, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's not much to yeah. it. You know, if you see the council workers on the side of the road. I, you know, dude, I'm, I'm a city up. boy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I just loved... I loved machinery, though. Okay. So, like, that's part of the reason I loved being... How I said I loved um, going out to my uncle's farm and stuff because he had all yeah. these tractors okay. and things, and I thought they were fantastic. And, and see, if you ever see the diggers on the side of the road and, you know, digging up stuff for pipes or laying a new road, just thought, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. Mm. Um at one time, I was going to be a paleontologist. Really? Like yeah. Indiana Jones? Wait, uh, yeah, see? No, he's an archaeologist. Archaeologist, yeah. Paleontologist. Paleontologist, I think that's bones. Yeah, maybe. yeah, you yeah. like dust off bones. Yeah, because I love dinosaurs, see? Right. That was the other, so my two great loves as a child, diggers and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And, yeah, probably robots came into there at some point okay. as well. Yeah. Um, so a bit hard. Matt's to... shaking his head, being like, yep, there was definitely robots. <laughs> definitely a robot phase. Um... Yeah, cool. Yeah. But but so yeah, keep going. Yeah, so I and I think I think eventually like it solidified. I wanted to be a writer at one point too. Yeah. I was a very indecisive kid apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well one of the most one of the most kind of coherent ideas that I had um, was probably to be an inventor. Okay. I think. And over the years that that has probably been the thing that has stuck in the back of wow. my mind as like yeah I'd like to be an inventor um so then through high school having that in the back of my mind the question was how do you you know like <laughs> you can't just be you know the guy out of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang who <laughs> like creates flying cars and <laughs> I love how that's your go to I don't know go to go to pop culture reference from the like 50s <laughs> 
Chitty chitty bang bang. But no, no, I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. Well, you can suggest a better inventor for me. Oh, I don't know. Like, everyone, it doesn't, like, I don't know, his lifestyle. I just have this picture in my mind. Of, he, he would get up in the morning, and I'm pretty sure, like, his whole kitchen was just filled with, like, mechanical, mechanical devices. Mechanical devices, Which yes. just, like, brought him his breakfast and cooked his eggs and his toasts and everything like that. I, I 100%, I had the same kind of, like, I think every kid, want, or at least every guy maybe, wants, like, boy wants to do it, like, in Home Alone. Like, I love those films yeah, because, purely because of the traps. Yeah. And they were, like, and, like, they'd get the bad guys and, like, Macaulay Culkin would just, like, be, like, throwing bricks at, like, you know, Joe Pesci and you're, like... That's amazing! That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. See, the violence didn't, wasn't as big an attraction for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but certainly, like, having, yeah, all those cool little contraptions mm. and things, that, mm. was, that was something that captured my imagination, I think. Does it still? Yes. And that's why... That's why you're doing That's why mechanical engineering. engineering, because I don't... I, I feel like the vast majority of people who study what I studied do it because they say, they go through school and they're like, gee, I love maths and I love physics. How can I make money out of that? Right. And maybe that's cynical of me, but I have a feeling that that's how a lot of people end up in engineering. Okay. Um, whereas <laughs> I came with, you know, how do I be an inventor? And then it was like, well, if you actually want to be able to produce things that people are legally allowed to use. <laughs> yeah. You kind of need to have a certificate for this yeah. kind of stuff. You can't just manufacture mm. stuff out of your shed and just be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So then it was like, yeah, engineering. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's a means to an end for mm. me rather than my passion is certainly not for maths or for physics. It's, but the more yeah. that I get into that stuff, um, it's it, it does excite me when I can see the the end game in it. And um, how I can, uh, yeah, start getting ideas. So when whenever I'm in class and, and we're learning about a new kind of system or mm -hmm. yeah, a new way of looking at stuff, I'll be thinking <laughs> to myself, you know, how could you use this? How could you build this into a device? Or you know, what That's really what cool. potential does this open up for? And and I hope I hope this is the case that I'm just kind of stockpiling. You know, ideas. A, a bit of a library of things. Can you tell us any of your ideas for inventions? Well, I, act, I invented a little thing what just this past summer. Really? What did you invent? Say? Yes, yes I do. There'll be a photo up on Incoherent Understanding yeah. as well later next week. So I can't, I can't promise that, you know, nothing like this has ever existed before. Okay. Um, so, you know, just to preempt everyone who's... <laughs> Is that a backpack holder? It's, so what it is, is it's a backpack for a guitar case that just wraps around the outside of a solid guitar case. And no that's way! Wearing. Because everyone who plays guitar knows that there's two kinds of, two main kinds of cases. You've got your soft case, yep. which typically has like backpack straps built uh -huh. into it, and you've got your hard case, yeah. which just has a single handle that you can carry like a suitcase on the side. Yeah. So, up until this point, Larry, people have been forced to choose between, you know, the convenience of the backpack yeah. and the extra protection of the solid case. Yeah. Not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. So, yeah, I don't know if, do you want me to describe it for the... Folks yeah, well, we'll like, put a photo up, but yeah. essentially it's like you've just like taken a backpack, 
And you've taken the backpack I, off the I backpack. I ripped the back off the backpack. So yeah. The back pad so it was just like strap. a pad and then a couple of straps. And like you can see how it would just kind of fit around. Uh, so you got a main strap comes underneath the base of yeah, the guitar and then some secure. around the side that clip wow. in. Yeah. Wow. And I actually, so I actually took, I skated to church with my guitar on my back just the other week and it worked a charm. So really? Yeah. That's incredible. Dude, yeah. this is very marketable. <laughs> yeah, you should... Have you patented this? I don't know how to do that, but you can help me with that. Okay, um, we'll paint that. <laughs> can't steal it. Anyone thinking of it, can't steal it. <laughs> Sam, property of Sam Callahan, copyright. Yeah, um, heard it here first. Cool. So, looking forward and kind of, you know, like what, I don't know, what are your hopes for your, like, for the next... I don't know, 10 years, like, mm. what are you, what are you kind of looking forward to in your life? I mean, it's really hard, it's really hard to say, <laughs> but like, because you don't know, yeah. um, but like, what do you, like, what do you, what, like, in a perfect world where you could design yeah. it yourself, right, what, what, what would happen? This is something that's changed for me over the years, um, and having those two years in Tamworth, and that being, as a kid, that was like a dream come true, I always had in my head that as soon as I could, I'd move back out to the country. Okay. Um, and I don't know if very recently that has changed a bit for me, because <laughs> at least from an inventing perspective, living in the city is incredibly convenient because you've just got all of the resources at your disposal immediately. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, like living half an hour out of town, you know, you go do the shopping. If you forget one thing, then it's like, oh. <laughs> gotta wait you know I'll wait till next week when I go back into town again yeah um, so there's there's an interesting kind of tension there now where I, I always thought you know ideal family yeah uh, sorry oh, I should probably say that yeah so I family was on the list on the list of five yeah. things yeah um, so I definitely love to get married have have kids are you are you dating anyone <laughs> right now that's a no ladies <laughs> that is a big no he is single <laughs> And ready to mingle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Shout out. I'll, I'll, I'll link his Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a look later. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> so the family thing. And I think I've always pictured that in the country. Um, okay. I'd love... I think I'd still love for my kids to be able to grow up in the country and... Yeah, yeah, just to be able to... My my folks never let me have, um, like, a gaming console as a kid. Okay. Like, no PlayStation, no Xbox, until I was, like, maybe 13, and I saved up for my own Game Boy, which uh -huh. was then, like, really outdated, because everyone had Nintendos. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a Game Boy when I was, like, that age. Yeah. I loved Game Boy. Well, maybe you just, you know... Maybe I was just was behind like the times. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, so I want I envisage that kind of lifestyle for my kids as well. Like, I'd love for them to grow up mainly outdoors, and and I don't know. Like, I hope that they would like if they have you know my DNA. Hopefully, they'll like mm. building things, and we could do that together. And that's gonna be very interesting for you, I think. Like having that that kind of perspective when I think our lives are so integrated with technology right now mm. and it's becoming just like ever increasing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I also 
I, yeah. I've got the computer science kind of in with the mech. Yeah. So, like, keep tabs keep on that. Keep tabs on that. <laughs> mm. Make sure it doesn't get away from me. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, in terms, yeah, so, with the 10-year thing. In terms of, like, a job... Like what? Like what job? Like what kind of job do you, do you work? Do you, do you become like a freelance inventor? Like? So you can. There's places that exist. There's so much. There's so much range for engineers. Like engineers can do lots of stuff. Like from yeah. just management positions to, you know, working in like giant consultancies in the middle of Sydney or Melbourne mm-hmm. or going out to the mines and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I think my ideal place if I just if I had to slot in and be employed by someone else other than myself be like a little a little design consultancy where people come in and they're like we need a thingamabob but it doesn't exist yet yeah. <laughs> wow and then you work with like I'd be a mechanical engineer and you might have like an electrical engineer and a software engineer as well and just working in a team and like all right let's brainstorm some ideas let's design some prototypes get them wow that's yeah that's kind of that sounds super cool um yeah but i think increasingly like just this last summer because it always like you're always thinking about this stuff and like oh is it even how achievable is that and Mm. like do, do these places like a little consultancy like that, does that actually exist? Like I imagine it, it, it could. And, yeah. And, um, and I think I, and, and that, in the past I've been tempted to kind of like stress a bit okay. over that and, and thinking like, oh, how will I ever, will I ever make it to that ideal? Mm. Um, but I think God was really just talking to me last summer and just being like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's got it in hand. Mm. Um, and I think that's such like to to tie in and <laughs> that yeah that aspect of what matters to me again is just like I've just really come to this place again recently where I just feel like a lot of freedom in the sense I don't don't have to kind of worry about you know if I'll be able to make things pan out the way that I want them to or or even like I don't have to make sure that I have a specific perfect idea in my head so that I can then work. 100% and, and make that come about, I can just, you know, trust God that he has a plan for my life and just continue throwing stuff back to him and just every time I get to, like, one of those junctions in my life, just be like, what do you want me to do here, mm-hmm. Lord? And just follow what he has for me. So I think that's yeah. the wow. that's the plan <laughs> now yeah. is just kind of take it as it comes yeah, and just keep on throwing stuff back to God and, and seeing what his will is in every situation um mm-hmm. and i'm i'm 100 percent sure that that's going to be the best outcome you know better than anything i could just imagine on myself so mm. awesome yeah well sam thank you so much for yeah being on my podcast i think it was good it was fun right i enjoyed it yeah, matt did you enjoy it. being on it yeah that's good <laughs> Your yeah, that no, was good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is the end of the fourth episode, guys. Um, I'm gonna go on a bit of a break because I have to do this whole comedy thing. Um, so you won't hear uh, another podcast for another couple of for about a month, I think. Mm. Um, I yeah. So, but if you're in Sydney on either the sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth of <laughs> May. Come see my show at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Or, um, or, 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 and. Or, 
and or <laughs> come and see the Lucky Stiff at New College, a New College production. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of happening things in Sydney. Um, but yeah, cool. All right. See you guys.